This is Mainspring Family Wellness, where transformation takes root. This podcast is for parents pursuing both personal growth and family wellness. We will cover relevant topics that help us reflect, make educated choices, and parent effectively. My name is Kristen Perlmutter. I'm an educator, a philanthropist, and a mother of three who is passionate about personal growth and seeing families at their optimal wellness. And I'm Dr. Jenna Flowers, a marriage and family therapist, author of The Conscious Parents Guide to Co-Parenting, speaker, and mother of three. Okay, so this is part two of gratitude and respect, fostering that in our families and how gratitude and respect interlink. Back to kind of switching gears here, just talking about being respectful in our homes and even outside of our homes. It's, you know, it seems that social media plays a big role in in the lack of respect. It seems like when kids are posting things on Instagram or um, Facebook, you know, maybe they're not always being respectful of themselves or each other. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of like, where where are they learning this from? Are we, is it because we're not, as a parent and as leaders and adults, are we not showing them respect? Are we not showing them how to be respectful to others? I think social media kind of cloaks a certain, you know, like, what do I want to say about this? I think social media uh, protects people mm-hmm. in, in some ways because because they're not looking face-to-face at someone and actually saying something, mm-hmm. you know, with eye contact, and this is what I mean. Yeah. You know, it's almost like they're, they don't have an understanding of how it actually impacts somebody else mm-hmm. because they're just putting it out to the Internet world. Mm-hmm. you know, or the social media world and whatever happens, happens. Right. And it is a real narcissistic yeah. approach to life, right? Because it's about selfies and look at me and look at me. People want to be funny. People want to be charming. Uh, they want to be memorable. But sometimes it seems as though it's done in a non-tasteful, disrespectful Well, what, what's an example way. of that? Like, what are you thinking about? Um, I mean, I'm thinking, I guess I'm thinking of um, maybe a little bit, too, of, of kids bullying each other on through social media. Oh, hobbies. using social media to bully? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, just just not having respect for one another or, or um, putting inappropriate images up. And well, I think a good example of that, Kristen, is uh, spam accounts. Are you familiar with this? No. Okay, so my older daughter, mm-hmm. um, because she's a teenager, right? <laughs> <laughs> they often have, like, their regular Instagram account, but then they also have a spam account. Oh, right. Okay, yes, right? I have heard about this. So what they do is, you know, it's only, like, a smaller circle of people that have access to the spam account. Mm-hmm. And then they can complain about whatever the heck they want to complain about on that account versus what they're showing to the rest of the world on their regular Instagram. So who's accessing the spam account? Well, typically it would be like a tighter knit group um, okay. that has access to that information. Okay. Okay. But more than likely they're venting and they're saying all sorts of things, you know, to that uh, specific crew. Interesting. Yeah. Wow. Okay. But still, it's still, uh, you know, it's still in the world. Yeah, it's still you know? out there. Yeah. It's still, 
a, a permanent representation of of you, of who and, you are. And that's why, you know, when you work with college admissions counselors and people preparing for their college applications, they're like, clean up your, you know, your social media. Yeah. Because admissions counselors look at this stuff. Absolutely. You know, they're not going to just take anybody. If you've, if you've done Future some really... Future employers, too. Yeah. I mean, you will not be hired if you're... Yeah. You have every every image on your Instagram is you holding a red solo cup and a bikini. <laughs> it's definitely, I mean, I remember when my kids were little and I was just starting to get familiar with Instagram when the girls were really little. And I would, if I, you know, was maybe hiring a babysitter, I would look them up on their Instagram account. And if they, if they had images that looked inappropriate to me, I was like, no, I'm not going to hire that person. I don't want that. I mean, Kristen, just based I on their images. I absolutely yeah. did the same. Maybe they were like, maybe they were going to go to Harvard and they were um, a wonderful stand-up citizen, but I didn't want them around my kids. Yeah. So, I, I yeah, I mean, a picture tells a thousand, it says a thousand words, right? Yeah, how but, you want to be known to the world. Absolutely. Right. Right. So, I mean, I know that's kind of like a whole other topic, but I do think that it, it contributes to to our respect conversation because it, it's almost like if you're not feeling respectful of yourself and how you want to per- be perceived um, by the world, then um, I don't know that you can you can be respectful to others. I think we've we're redefining what respect is. Mm hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, because I think this generation is a little confused over yeah. what is respectful, what's not. And we've just become so casual mm-hmm. with one another because people uh, really want uh, like a realness. Mm-hmm. Uh, they they want to know that you're an authentic person. That's very important. Right. right. Um, but by doing so, we're kind of lacking a level of just of personal respect for ourselves mm-hmm. maybe and how we showcase ourselves or what exactly we're showcasing mm-hmm. and then also our ability to communicate to each other right. in a respectful manner right because you might be being raw and authentic but it doesn't mean that the rest of the world needs to also see that too right, right. well and just that the constant need for validation too just i think everyone's looking for some sort of validation I'm cool, I'm beautiful, I'm you know whatever it is that that you need. So if you're if you're needing to look beyond yourself for that, then there's there's something not working right in my opinion. Yeah, so. one thing that I kind of have a pet peeve with is seeing uh, how many teenagers just throw out the f bombs and yes. cuss like and and even you know adults too like you're out on the street or you're in in line to buy a movie ticket and then people are just you know yeah. so gross with their language and they're yes. gross with their language around children yes well and and i think too the you know the swear words are are part of it but it's it's also like the hateful words that are coming out of people's mouths toward towards each other or or you know towards different things in society. It's just there's so much, there's so many hateful conversations going on. Mm. So that really alarms me because our, our kids are seeing that, hearing it. and. But I had um, actually a situation for my middle boy. He was at a, a water slide the other day, and this this kid says, hey, I, I, I want to go in front of you because I want, I'm waiting for my friend. 
Right. And, and sure you might. <laughs> no, but he's waiting for his friend so that they can go down the water slides oh, right, together. Right. right? Uh-huh. And so my middle son was like, well, no, actually, I, I was here in this line already. So it's my turn next. And then he kind of, you know, yelled at my son and my son held his ground. Well, then that boy went to his mother. Mm. And then the mom came up to my son and says, well, that's a real punk move. You know, punk kid, and just keeps going off, you know. Oh, wow. And my son, and great, great example for your kid. Yeah. Wow. And, and, but you know what? The the positive thing was that my son still held his ground. Good and he was like, him. you know what? It's not fair that someone would just cut in front of me because mm-hmm. of that. I've been in this line already. Good for him. Yeah. So even though he's being bullied by this mother and, and her son, yeah. you know, he still held his ground. Well, okay. That's this brings up another conversation of like at what point do you you get involved like what you know why why did she get involved (laughs) why didn't she let her child fight that battle well not that they were fighting a battle but you know let them work it out let the eight the 10 year olds work it out why are you as an adult getting involved with their problem I think that's a really good question. And, you know, my son couldn't find me when he was at the pool at mm. that time, which I feel sorry for because actually I would have loved to have had a conversation with that mom. I think once an adult enters a conversation like that and now they're bullying a child, yes. then you have as an you have to as an as an adult as an advocate for your child enter into that conversation. Absolutely. But if it was because there was nothing appropriate about that. No. But yeah. if it was just between the two boys at that point and my boy held his ground the right. way that he did, right. I would have been like, "Okay, well, how do you feel that you handled that?" Right. You know, and I, I actually think that he did a good job advocating for himself, Absolutely. and I would not have felt like I had to enter into that. But had I had the, uh, you know, a second chance, I would have had some words with that parent to be like, I'm so, you know, I'm so confused here because I, you called my son a punk? Right. <laughs> like, Who does she think she is? Oh my gosh. Wow. That's, Yeah. No, that's that's terrible. Yeah. But, I mean, that's a really good illustration of a— of, uh, you know, her kids saw that. And then yes. how who's to say that he's not going to go and do that to somebody at school? Right. And, and he say felt, those exact words. Right. <laughs> and so he sees his mom model that kind of behavior sure. and then feels justified right. to continue to bring her into fighting his battles for him. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Even though it sounded like from what I understand from my son's perspective, of course, and it's only my son's perspective. Right. Right. But that, you know, he was actually trying to cut Oh, I'm sure. You know, so breaking the just, rules. Just inherently in that, you know, yeah. there, there's something inappropriate right. about that too. Right. But I mean, it's like one of those s- stories that you're like, well, the apple doesn't fall far from the tree. I mean, if that's if that's the lesson that he's getting at home, then you know, you're only, you know, you're you're learning from your family. You're learning by watching your parents interact yeah. with the other with other adults and and other people. <clears throat> and if your parents are constantly you know, having road rage and constantly complaining about uh, the the server at the restaurant and just constantly um, getting into spats with people, then look what you're creating. Yes. <laughs> I mean, you're creating the disrespect and the lack of gratitude, um, especially for people. That one really gets me, people in the service industry. Mm. You know, I, I, I hear kids say stuff all the time. Um complaining about and I'm like well okay they're they're learning that from their parents I mean kids <laughs> kids don't know when a, a, a server isn't being as 
you know, on top of things as they should be. But they're, they're, if their parents are constantly complaining and nothing's ever good enough, that's the message they're receiving. And then they're going to communicate that in their own lives, in their own way. Yeah, yes. so we're lacking manners, yes, right, as, as parents and then, and then also as, as children. And so you're right. The apple doesn't fall, or, uh, fall far from the tree. Mm-hmm. We have to foster manners, and we actually have to be uh, diligent in the modeling of that at home and in the practice. So when we have uh, encounters with our kids where they're being inappropriate in how they yeah. say something or disrespectful or too casual with their parents, yeah, I think, you know, I always call it a do-over. And mm-hmm. I will just say, you know, let's have a do-over on that one. Yeah. Like, run that by me again in a more respectful way. I mean, or, I'm so sorry I didn't hear that because it came across so disrespectful. Could you say that to me again, please? Right. You know? Because no, that's, that's our kids need to practice and sometimes they forget themselves. And I still do that even with my senior. That's great. That's so great. <laughs> well, and the, and the message I try to give my kids, too, is to, of course, there's situations where you need to be your own advocate and speak up for yourself. And that's an important lesson. But I also want to teach them to take the high road. You know, um, if somebody's angry and being rude to you or someone's um, you know, cutting you off on the freeway, don't don't engage. Take the high road. Be the better person. So, um, you know, I, I I think that's that's an important lesson too. I mean, let's talk about all the sporting event drama. Oh my god! That I hear about the the parents on the sidelines, um, you know, arguing with the referees and the umpires and the other team parents because of a call that was made on a eight year old's little league game. I right. mean, what is going on here? And I know it just doesn't happen solely in this area. No. I think that happens so, throughout the world. Oh, absolutely. But people are, you know, really into winning. Yes. And sometimes the bigger lesson is in the is in the losing. Absolutely. You know, how what what kind of sport are you? Mm-hmm. I actually had a mom come up to me the other day who's been friends with um one of my sons, uh, her son and my son, and they've played baseball for several years. And she she gave a great compliment. She goes, you know, my son's team lost the other day, but your son was the first one to come up to him and go, good job. You played oh, really well out there. I love and I that. was like, wow, thank you so much for telling me that. But just because that level of sportsmanship and mm-hmm. respect that mm-hmm. my son had for his fellow friend mm-hmm. was great. It's like, okay, that's a win right there. You know, Absolutely. not somebody that's like digging it in and making a joke about it or, right. you know, he's being a good sport because right. there's other days where they're not winning they're not on his win. team, right? They're always going to win. And so you'd want somebody else to treat you the same as well. Yeah. So showing respect for the for their teammates and for the other team. And um, for coaches. And for coaches. Because, oh, yeah. my goodness, the majority of these coaches are volunteers. Yeah. People are right. volunteering their time. Yeah. And sometimes we forget that. Yeah. You know, once again, it's like that building up of entitlement and expectation of like, you're out there work, you know, volunteering your time mm-hmm. for me and my son and mm-hmm. what I, I hope and, you know, for for my child to achieve. And that's just really wacky. Right. No, I, I think that's so important that to show to show the coach some respect <laughs> and gratitude for for their time and commitment coaching our children. But I just think, too, just the the disrespect that happens sometimes on the sidelines. You know, the kids are the kids see that they they see it and they think that's how it's supposed to be. And it goes back to that um, 
everything's a an argument or that battle of getting what I want and and it and maybe a little bit of entitlement too. And it's just it's super, super unattractive and unappealing <laughs> to you know, and these kids are so young and impressionable, and that's to see adults act the way that some adults are acting like little spoiled brats on the sidelines sometimes and the way that they communicate with each other and and then they're that's that's what their kids are seeing, and that's what they're emulating or going to emulate, yeah, I just think that the um the intention is in the wrong place. Yeah. You know, so yeah. I, I always try to be generous in my assumptions of people, as Dr. Brene Brown says. Mm. And so when I see parents getting really upset over scores or, you know, they're they're very involved because they care. Yes. Right? Sure. And everybody wants to win. Sure. But sometimes people lose sight of the bigger picture on like, okay, well, if you don't win, Okay, what what can we learn from it? How can we improve? Mm-hmm. You know, having more of a growth mindset. The idea of winning and losing can definitely have a fixed mindset, you know. Sure. We can talk about Carol Dweck's research study that. on a different point. But, you, you know, that concrete thinking of like, if, you know, if I win, I'm amazing. If I lose, I'm a failure. Yeah. I think that kind of gets tied up into the need to see a win right then and there, you know, on a baseball field, just like, you know. Yeah. Like it should go down. Yeah, absolutely. Another topic of respect, and I think this really pertains to our kids, is how parents and their kids are interacting with their kids' teachers. Yes. And Kristen, you know, you were an educator in mm-hmm. the past. How would you have liked a parent to approach you if they had an issue with something that was happening in the class with, with their kids? Um. You know, obviously, with respect. <laughs> yeah. Um, but what would that have looked like for you? Um, I think just if if some if there's concern um, that it's something that is beyond the child to handle with a with a teacher or an educator at school, I think you know setting up a, a very calm, respectful meeting. And just voicing your concerns and maybe trying to work together to come up with a solution. Um, I think parents can sometimes be a little bit in attack mode when it comes to their children, which I understand because I'm a mom and um, that mama bear comes out in you sometimes when you you just want to protect your kids when you think they're not tr- being treated the way that they should be. You know, I, I think it's it's really listening to both sides of the story, trying to remain calm and, and neutral, uh, hearing where the teacher's coming from, and taking that into consideration before you um, make any rash decisions. And probably going to the teacher first before you go above to the Absol- principal. Yes. I think teachers appreciate that. Um, my mom's been teaching. She's about to retire, but she's been teaching for about almost 40 years now. And I have other educators in my family. And, um, you know, they. I feel that teachers aren't respected as much as they used to be. I'm, I'm definitely generalizing right now. But it's we're very quick to fight our battles for our kids. Sometimes I think it's appropriate, but a lot of times it's not. And I think my message to my children, my husband and I, we try to tell our kids to go in and, and talk to the teacher first. Let them try to sort things out. Mm-hmm. Of course, it depends on every situation's different. It depends on what what's going on. And then if you need to get involved and and if you need to get involved beyond the teacher, that's that's a separate issue. But starting with the kids, 
then maybe it's a conversation between you and the teacher. And then if you have to, then you can go to the administration. But I know teachers appreciate that. Um, and I think it's a good lesson, once again, that model behavior for our kids, you, teaching them that, you know, and I've said to my kids, there's going to be teachers that you don't click with. Right. And there's going to be bosses that you mm-hmm. don't click with. And you, you don't get to throw a fit every time you don't like somebody or there's, you know, you don't have a connection with them or you're upset with what they've said or done. You have to you have to kind of be able to – A, you have to be able to handle it. B, you have to speak your truth when you need to. And speak up for yourself when you need to. But respectfully. But respectfully, of course. But see, you just have to understand that it's not all it's not always gonna be a perfect situation with a teacher. So but respect is a non-negotiable in our family. That every yeah. teacher deserves respect. And I think too, respect there are certain things that you have to respect when it comes to your parents providing for you mm-hmm. or caring for you. You, that that your teacher does show up every day or yes. gets homework done. That they're trying to teach something. Yes. To to these kids, right? Yes, and of course there's exceptions, and in any profession, you're you're going to have some not such outstanding teachers. But you know, at the end of the day, it's to me, it's a, it's a profession that deserves a lot of respect. Mm-hmm. These people are spending a great deal of time with our children, and they're they're educating them and and. Um, helping make them into good little citizens of the world. And um, I think the respect should be given until there's a reason for it not to be. Hmm. That's interesting because a lot of times people will say no respect is earned. Yeah, I, I don't know. I feel I feel differently. I, I, I think people tend to be in attack mode sometimes when it comes to their kids and, and their education. And I think my advice to parents is just to 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 be respectful and to to really look at both sides of the story before you make big assumptions and generalizations. Mm-hmm. And and like any situation, I personally like to give people the benefit of the doubt. Me too. You know, is there are there things we can send our listeners away with some some, you know, toolbox yeah, I think so. I think the first one is when it comes to respect, you have to model respect. Mm-hmm. And and children need respect just as much as adults do. Yep. However, sometimes our children are um, very confused and inappropriate in yes. how they're trying to conduct themselves with adults. Yep. And so we need to give a little grace and we have to do a lot of practice. Mm-hmm. And um, for all our listeners out there... You're going to be practicing with those kids even probably into their 20s. Yes. And I know that sounds kind of ridiculous probably, but, um, you know, whether it's a, your, eight, you know, your 16-year-old or an 18-year-old getting their first job and mm-hmm. how they conduct themselves in an interview application uh, process or uh, introducing themselves to an internship or... Mm-hmm babysitting at someone's uh, someone else's home you know having responsibility having for something else besides themselves role playing i mm-hmm. think really helps mm-hmm. with your kids to practice that and some of these kids might be going like oh you know i don't want to do that but <laughs> if they feel like they want more school of hard knocks and they go out there and then they keep losing opportunities on oh they didn't call me back for this job or they didn't you know this person didn't want to work with me again well why is that Right. How did you come across? Right. What would you do differently? 
Right. What you does know, your social media account say about you? <laughs> so, so much of this too yeah. is for parents is to ask questions rather than lecture to yes. their to their uh, kids about it, and then also sharing stories, mm-hmm. sharing stories of maybe a time where maybe you were disrespectful, mm-hmm. and then how that impacted you. Mm-hmm. Did, how did it cost you? Right. And then also when it comes to um, gratitude, Mm -hmm. I had another thought. Mm. What if at, say, the dinner table, we have dinner table conversations, you know, how we do like roses and thorns or, you know, what was the highlight of the day? Mm -hmm. What was the low light of your day? What about if the theme of gratitude is something that comes up at every meal? Yes. Whether you're at a restaurant and eating with your family for a mm-hmm. quick bite, or if you're at, you know, at a sit-down dinner at home, what's something you're grateful for today? Mm-hmm. I love that. I, um, I, I write in a journal every morning, or I try to, and one of the things I write about is I start my day off by saying what I'm grateful for. And my kids always ask me, because I'm usually having my coffee and writing when they come down, and they always say, what are you writing about? And I always tell them, it's, I'm writing about what I'm grateful for. Like, what do, you, what do you mean? What are you grateful for? And we talk about it. So um, that's another, I know some families do that. They have their kids keep a little gratitude jar. Mm. And they write down things that they're grateful for, for that each day or every week, however you want to do it. But I think it's it's cultiv- cultivating that um, that gratitude and um that's that's so important. And empathy. Yeah. And exposure to, like we talked about, other uh, other worlds, other people um, in different walks of life and the trials and tribulations that they might be experiencing. Yeah. So, but, um, yeah, I think I think this was a, a great conversation, um, and I'm sure we can revisit some of these points at a, in one of our future podcasts. You know what? There's one more thing I'd la- I want to add, yes. too, when it comes to fostering more gratefulness at home and respect mm. is that less is more. Yes. We have a tendency uh, as families in the Orange County area, and I'm sure throughout, mm-hmm. you know, the United States at least, um, to collect things, yes. to have a lot of things. Oh, my gosh. I'm guilty of it. Right? I know yes. both of my younger boys are collectors of things all the time. <laughs> my daughter and her makeup, she is a collector of makeup. Really right? good like, consumers. <laughs> yeah, We're exactly. great consumers. Excellent consumers. <laughs> And what would it be like if we just put the kibosh on buying so much yeah. of of using things until they're done? Yeah. Of okay, when you have a hole in those pants, let's let's sew it. Let's not just throw it away. Mm-hmm. You know, I think that can kind of foster more gratitude for what you do have yes. and an appreciation of like I use this until it's actually completely done. Right. Instead of the expectation that that's okay, I'll, my mom will just run out and buy me another one when I'm at school today. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. I think that's a, that's a really, really beautiful lesson to teach our children. Yeah, because it develops more appreciation. Yes, definitely. Thank you for joining us. And next time we're going to have special guest, pediatric occupational therapist Tara McKenzie will be joining us. And she will educate us on pediatric occupational therapy and when it is a good treatment for children and what kinds of symptoms your child might have to then consider to look into occupational therapy. 